0: Big Trouble in a Little Podcast, and here are your hosts, Joe Doves. Welcome, internet peeps! Welcome back. We are finally back on episode thirty-six of Big Trouble in Little Podcast. I am Joe Dubs.
1: And I am Andy.
0: And like I said, we took a week off. We did a little maintenance. Andy had a little moving things going on here and there. And uh, good stuff has ha- happened during that week. I w- I played some games, watched some movies, and uh, you know, reflected on some shit. <laughs> andy how about you
1: i won the lottery
0: you won the lottery
1: yeah we're
0: we gonna get a studio
1: no i think i i donated it all to charity
0: i, I mean i guess that's good right charity yeah i good. had
1: all that money but i couldn't think of anything to do with it
0: <laughs> would you do that in real life or you would you be like i'll take Oh fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, I donate, like, some to some specific charities. I don't know, like, American Cancer Society or something like that. Uh, Child's Play, maybe. But, no, no. If I had money, I'd, I'd just...
0: Pay off all I'd, your debt and just... Yeah, I'd
1: pay off every debt that I have in the world, and then I'd invest at least a quarter of it, and then I'd just live by on the hog.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I would pay off all my debt, and then get my own house and just invest money into this podcast, obviously (laughs) so that we could uh, do more stuff. Uh, You know, probably see more movies. Maybe some, maybe we'll have a fucking movie theater in our, in in both of our houses. I'll I'll install a theater in your house and I'll install a theater in my house. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get like new movies as they come in. (laughs) But anyway, Andy, what the hell have you been doing this uh, these past two weeks that went by?
1: Mostly moving. I uh, Well, moving. I, I I finally hooked up. I own, like, how many do I own? I should have counted. I own, like, more than a dozen video game consoles, and I was trying to route them all, and I labeled all the wires nice and meticulously and rounded them into boxes and power strips. And they're in. They're all in the same room. but They're going to two different TV setups. All the modern stuff goes via HDMI to like the nice TV, and then I'm getting the TV's not here yet. I'm getting it this weekend. It's too heavy to move by myself, so I need help. But an, a huge old uh, tube TV for all the retro stuff. So all the all the cables are plugged in, and I just gotta get it here and then plug in the power, and then and I'm good to go. And it's all already rounded into the Elgato. So I'll be streaming and stuff, too, in the future.
0: Nice. And uh yeah, I've been actually wanting to get it into rebuying all the retro consoles. I mean, not all of it. I'm not going to go as far as, like, oh, I'm going to get an Atari or I'm going to get a, a Jaguar and all that stuff. <laughs> I just want to get the games that I grew, uh, grew up with. Like, What are you going to get first? Super Nintendo. It's my favorite console. Yeah. Super Nintendo. I think I have
1: an extra Super Nintendo. Maybe. Ah. I can't remember. uh, If if I do, I'll tell you this. I have an extra Genesis, and I have an extra NES.
0: Uh. I'll talk to you. uh, You know, on the side about Super Nintendo and a Genesis. Just throw me a price. All right. Um, but yeah, like uh, Super Nintendo, Genesis, I want to get uh, Nintendo 64 I was really big in back then uh, Sony Playstation PS2 and that's it I won't go to like PS3 and obviously I have PS4 right now uh, Well in
1: one episode I feel like you were talking about getting a GameCube
0: Oh yeah, that's right, I never had a GameCube That's another Nintendo product I want to get yeah. Yeah, So Super Nintendo uh, N64 and GameCube is like the, the three reasons what i want in my room because i didn't really get to experience gamecube and i did have a gamecube i just got distracted by playstation 2
1: <laughs> yeah that makes sense like i was i was putting all my games up on a shelf i bought and my ps2 collection is like fourfold what the gamecube games are and most of the gamecube games i've bought in like the last five years to be honest well maybe not most about half
0: mm-hmm. and playing a- catch up And it's a shame because GameCube had a lot of good games and that was the last uh, system that actually supported a lot of third party before, you know, they had that little hiatus of the Wii. And then obviously Nintendo Switch is going back on its uh, third party and getting more titles. The Wii had
1: all that shovelware from like nobodies, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Another big thing that happened during the, the week was Wrestlemania. Uh, We're not gonna go through every card. We're just gonna go what we liked about it. Andy, what was your favorite parts of WrestleMania?
1: Um, I thought the match would be um, a train wreck, but the one where uh, Rousey and um, Kurt Angle fought Triple H and Stephanie McMahon—that mm-hmm. was that was that might have been the best match of the night.
0: I love Ronda Rousey's style. It's very quick she has her mma stuff in there you could obviously see when she's punching somebody yeah uh you could tell her wrestling is kind of not rusty but like she's new she's learning and... yeah she's working on it
1: like that's what i thought i thought it would be garbage i thought they would be like babying her and trying to get her popular but no she's obviously like worked at it
0: mm-hmm. and i i hate to say this this is the best match of the night in my opinion the rest yeah. of the other matches, I was just like, yeah, this could have been on Raw. This could have been on, on another pay-per-view. Yeah. It...
1: Overall, I thought it was one of the most boring manias I've seen in years.
0: Mm-hmm. And I agree. Like, uh, the triple threat in the beginning was cool. Yes. Ron... That
1: was good, and I liked uh, Asuka and Charlotte. Those were pretty much my favorite
0: Yep, matches. and then Ronda Rousey and them were, like, my top three. The The rest of the cards, I was just like, it they happened so quickly. The John Cena and Undertaker match was so stupid.
1: Yeah, that that one didn't really go anywhere. I was really hoping to come out as the underbiker, but whatever. Yeah, and uh, the Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles match should have been the coolest thing I've ever seen, but instead it was just eh, pretty good.
0: Yep, and that's where like I... they're
1: both amazing. That should have been a great match, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's why I said like this. That match could have been on like a SmackDown or a uh another oh, another pay-per-view or something but back to like undertaker and cena like this is what i would have done i hate the whole i hate the fact that a referee came down i was like hey the undertaker's here and he starts running up the ramp like an idiot became a meme <laughs> <laughs> i
1: kind of like that just because it was so fucking stupid yeah like i was laughing out loud watching it because it was it was really funny
0: yeah and, and you could tell like
1: We we were watching it, we were like, what did he say to him? Oh, uh, Cena, the bathroom's finally free. Oh, okay, I really gotta
0: go. Yeah, I made jokes of that too. And now they're doing memes because John Cena and Nikki Bella split up. They're not getting married anymore. So, like, there's a meme now saying the referee's like, you're gonna get married, you're gonna have kids, you're gonna do that. And he just runs away. (laughs) And I thought that was funny. But anyway, what I would have done differently in that, I would have had the... Cena's sitting there and enjoying the match while they were getting set up for another match. You just see the whole arena turn dark. And people are like, Oh, what's the you know, where's the why is it so dark? Why is it so dark? And obviously the fans would know it's the Undertaker. Yeah. Uh and then all of a sudden the lights come back on and you just see Undertaker right behind him and starts beating him up in the crowd. Like I think that would have been fun. And if you wanted the Undertaker on the motorcycle, you have him come out uh he does a lap around the ring and then he just stops uh right in front where he's sitting and just stares at him i thought that would be cool too but just the way they did it here and i liked how they had elias come out and i would have been fine if undertaker wasn't there at all and he was facing elias i thought that would be cool too Mm -hmm. but just wasn't impressed with that wasn't impressed with the nakamura aj and obviously i just didn't care for roman and brock lesnar Oh, my
1: God. It was so fucking boring.
0: Yeah. It's, like, to the point... I thought it was... Before that match, you had, like, the Braun Strowman picking a 10-year-old kid <laughs> to be his partner was was funny. That,
1: that was funny. Like, it yeah. was... It, I, I kept... It was It was a little hard to watch because I kept worrying that something was going to go wrong. But, no, yeah, that was hilarious. I enjoyed that.
0: Yeah, you could tell, like, the referee was, like, making the competitors go on the other side of the ring. Like... I don't think they were gonna do anything outrageous. Um, yeah, but overall, uh, the only thing I recommend you got if anybody has a WWE network and hasn't seen WrestleMania yet, which I don't know who would do that if you're a wrestling fan, uh, NXT Takeover was fucking amazing.
1: Yeah, skip Mania, just watch NXT Takeover. Yeah, it, it, like, every match was a thousand times better than Mania all rolled into one. The first and last matches particularly. And NXT TakeOver were amazing.
0: Yep, the fucking ladder match and Johnny Gargano versus uh, Ciampa in uh, a no-sanction mac- match.
1: Yeah, that, that was that that was was a fantastic match.
0: Yeah, so wrestling was good if you watched NXT. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania was just like, nah, it was all right. But uh, Andy, what else did you do over the, the week break? No. Oh,
1: the... Not a lot. Like from where I've been moving stuff around in the house, I haven't been able to like sit down and do something. But some friends and I played a little bit more Rainbow Six, and then Overwatch has an event going on, so we've been playing that. Uh, It's pretty fun. And then I half watched some movies. I just had them on while I was like, excuse me, organizing stuff. Uh, Blazing Saddles, The Shining, and Anchorman. I watched all of (laughs) this.
0: Yeah, speaking of Blazing Saddles, Saddles, I watched uh, Spaceballs, which. Yeah, Yo, which you actually obviously noticed because I was using a program to see yep. for future things that we're gonna do. And
2: yeah, Gee, that's
1: a teaser.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I saw your message about Rainbow Six, like, oh, are you home or something, or do you, have you have your uh Rainbow Six updated? I'm like, I <clears> have, <throat> <laughs> I haven't turned on my system in a while. <laughs>
1: We'll do it. Get All it right. updated. Just put the disc in. Let it update. Just so you're ready to go if if the
0: yeah. opportunity presents itself. It's updated now. So, um, I did a. Couple- oh, hang
1: on. Before we move on to the 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 movie of the week, uh, you said you played Radical Heights. I wanted to touch on that real quick.
0: Yeah. So if, if you notice two things that are side by side right now, Running Man and Radical Heights, I played Radical Heights. First thing right off the bat, buggy as game, because of early access. Yeah, it's brand new, yeah. It's made by the people who made Lawbreakers. So keep- Which was
2: a huge success. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, sarcasm. Um. Yeah. So, like, right off the bat, I was kind of iffy about that. You're not paying for it, but it's yeah. still made by them. And since, you know, Lawbreakers, they were kind of, like, copying Overwatch a little bit radical heights is kind sure of like shooter. yeah yeah, it's copying another genre so they and battle royale shooter yeah i will say it's different it, it has the same concept of battle royale but it's so it just seems so shitty of them to abandon
1: lawmakers or lawbreakers black like, mm. and so immediately be like oh this is popular now we're just gonna do that like are they gonna do that again when something else is popular
0: why couldn't they take lawbreakers and say we're going to have Battle Royale and Lawbreakers.
1: Yeah, add a game mode. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if maybe, like, the way that game is played, it doesn't, you know, it would require much extra work, but good, do the work. Yeah, it's kind of a shame because Lawbreakers had really cool, like, art design. It seemed like it was a cool idea for a game, but. It was picked mean, up
0: for played. two years after it was announced. Like, this wasn't, like, a big AAA title that, you know, like, takes five to ten years to make. Huh. But, like,. It was still cool like and then there was a big audience for it in the beginning when they were having all these betas and people were saying what's great but just their marketing was bad they placed it in between i think like two big titles that were coming out so obviously they weren't gonna fucking be great right off the bat so they should have just delayed it in my opinion probably but uh radical heights has it's difference than Fortnite and PUBG where you are in a game show and um it's kind of similar to running man except you know instead of facing the game show's enemies you're facing different uh game show uh people so you're all facing each other um you're dropped out of the sky. You don't use a parachute for some strange reason. You just like roll on the ground. Uh there's are certain areas on the map where you know how like in PUBG a loot box comes out of an airplane? Yeah. In the map, there has vending machines, right? Yeah, it has vending machines and it has like an area where you go on this platform. And the TV show host is like, just stay here for a few and you get some prizes. And it's like, what is behind door number two? And then all of a sudden you get like an M16. Like, I thought that was neat. I mean, this. That sounds kind of funny. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, this game made me watch Running Man again. I was like, man, I'm getting Running Man vibes from this. <laughs> graphics look like PS2 graphics. That's kind of sad to me. It,
1: it, it, they just started working on it. Maybe they'll
0: do something. Yeah.
1: They'll...
0: And it just, like, if you look at PUBG and you look at Fortnite, the environment feels alive. In Radical Heights, it doesn't feel alive at all. It kind of looks like they quickly made a map and said, hey, guys, Radical Heights, we're, you know, the people who made Lawbreakers. You know, play our game. It's free. Yeah,
1: it all looks like, like, some like a beginner just got their hands on, on uh, the the source engine or on the Cry engine or something, and they're just trying to make a little town.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: doesn't it doesn't pop except for the the stuff they designed for the game, yeah, pending <laughs> machines and stuff like that. I, I watched a little bit of footage. I think I watched like Jim Sterling's impressions of it and a couple other things, but I don't know. It didn't look very. I mean, I haven't got real into the uh battle royale shooters anyway if i did i feel like it would be fortnite
0: so. the shooting is better uh when you're playing PUBG, um there's a lot of net code problem probably because there's so many people <laughs> playing the fucking game from all uh-huh. around the world so like you're gonna have lag when you shoot in radical heights i feel like i'm shooting somebody in PUBG, i i'm like you-, you could shoot somebody uh point blank and somehow he's still alive in Radical Heights, you can shoot somebody point blank, and you can see that their health is going down. Um, so, it again, it's early access. This is the, this is the game world that we live in now, where we just want to put games out there just to get ride the hype train in a way, or ride the uh, wave of battle royale. And I don't like it, but you know, if it's there for free, I'll play it. I mean, I'm not. I'm not spending a dime. And what's cool about this is whatever, because you earn money while you're playing the game. Kind of like if you get if you kill somebody or hit somebody with bullets, you get points like in PUBG, and and Radical Heights, you get money. And in the the map, you could put your money into an ATM machine, and you could get like cosmetic stuff. So maybe they're not going to have a lot of uh microtransactions but i wouldn't put that past them if they do put that in the game because it's free to play
1: yeah i mean they gotta make money from doing something they gotta run ads and something
0: yep and i just wanted to quickly say running man is an awesome movie of course <laughs> sub zero more like plain zero my favorite line in the movie <laughs> but uh let's get into our movie of the week speaking of movies Yep, so we saw a, a Del Toro movie. I can never say his first name. Guillermo. Guillermo. Uh, I might even it. But
2: that's how I say it. It's
0: funny. He produced, he writ written this, he directed this, and I'm pretty sure he did other shit that was in the beginning of the 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 movie where you just see Del Toro, Del Toro, Del Toro. And I was like, I saw the time limit. And I get really iffy when I see time limit. When I see two hours, I think that's a lot for a movie. For some reason. Two
1: hours is average. Really? I think it is.
0: Oh I think like I think you could make a in depth good movie in about an hour and like forty minutes at least. But anyway. I mean we're not gonna go into like complete detail like scene by scene. But I just wanna get this off the bat. I really love this fucking movie. Yeah, it's fantastic uh this one best movie in oscars right
1: uh yes i'm pretty sure
0: yeah so like
1: academy liked it as well
0: mm-hmm. in the first 20 minutes i really loved every camera shot uh this was in the 1960s if i'm right
1: um i think it was the 50s late 50s late 50s early uh, 60s
0: because they were talking about russians and they didn't say what president was there. Um, the location was Baltimore. And I don't know. I just, I, just, I, I always say I'm born in the wrong generation because I love that generation, even though there was like bad shit that was happening, which was in the movie. Uh,
1: like racism
0: and
1: yeah. <laughs> sexism yeah. and espionage and, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah.
0: So, the quick synopsis of this movie is that you have two, like, janitor women cleaning up this uh, government uh, science place that has this sea creature, which I don't think has a name, right? Did they ever give it a name?
1: The asset... Um... Yeah, that's the only thing I ever remember them calling it.
0: The space dog. I mean,
1: I mean, I, I always think Creature from Black Lagoon.
0: Because mm-hmm.
1: they even said it was from the Amazon. and It looks like it. And you know, it just makes me think about the Creature from Black
0: Lagoon. Yeah. So, um, your main character, which was Eliza, I think? Am I correct yeah. on that? Eliza she- or
1: Eliza. But I, I think it was. Yeah, I think that's right.
0: She's a mute so she can't say anything um she falls in love with this uh sea creature and i mean like i said not going into like deep detail she sees what they're doing to this creature obviously when you have the government and scientists involved they're most likely either torturing it and see what the body does in certain situations that's why you had that guy like electrocuting him seeing what sound he makes what how his body was uh taking the electricity and shit they were just doing horrible things to this creature and you know she would go into like a lunch break and you know give <laughs> give the sea creature boiled eggs which I thought was an interesting like food of choice yeah and she just falls in love with the creature because i think the thing was they were both alone they both couldn't really speak to each other because obviously whatever that is uh has a different language and she can't speak so they're like different in some way and also (laughs) did you like the uh gay neighbor i forgot his name guile
1: yeah. it was interesting too but i the, the most predictable part of the movie unfortunately was where that storyline with the guy who sells the pie was gonna go
0: yeah uh i thought that was uh, i had a feeling something along the line of that was going to happen because of a time uh the timeline of the late 1950s yeah. and 60s not a lot of people were open about their sexuality uh, because they were afraid and that scene was, like, terrifying in a way.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because you, you see him uh, get up and tell the colored people the, to get out of his... You know, not get out. He said, order what you want, but you have to take it out. You can't sit here, even though the fucking diner was, like, empty. There were seats mm-hmm. open everywhere. And on top of that, Giles puts his hand on the... Uh, the the guy's hand and he's like what are you doing this is a family restaurant I want you gone too and I was like that was disturbing and I see where they were going with that and I see that that was the turning point of guile is gone. nobody likes me either I'm gonna help you Eliza get your sea creature from this government uh, facility because at some point, uh, at one point in the the plot, her and this other scientist, which apparently was a Russian spy, <laughs> was uh, what do you call it, doing like an op to get this creature out. Would yeah, you- they
1: just kind of they 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 stumble upon each other wanting the same thing. I don't know. It's it's interesting.
0: Did your movie copy have subtitles when the Russians were talking?
1: Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it did.
0: Okay. I won't say how I watched my movie, <laughs> but what were they saying? Because there were no subtitles in my. Edit. Oh,
2: really?
1: No. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess spoilers for people who haven't seen the movie, but yeah, uh, the. The, one of the scientists, the guy who is the Russian spy, he's talking to them, and they're saying, oh, you're going to have to kill it since we can't get it out, or you can delay it a week. And, of course, he can't delay it a week, so he ends up having to kill it. And they say, well, once once it's dead, we'll extract you 48 hours later. But it's heavily implied that they're just going to kill him.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of, you know, picture that when they were talking because they, looked, uh, they talked Russian. Uh obviously they they were all uh Russian spies. They implanted this guy in the facility to see because of the whole uh Star Wars program. Cause that's when Russia and the United States were going at it on, you know, space exploration. And the whole thing was putting this creature into space because he had that uh he had that human physique, I guess. You know, it has two arms, two legs kind of thing. Yeah. instead of you know just launching like a dog into space like the Russians did so like that's what the mission of America was and we call it the guy who played the uh, uh, Zod and Superman what's his name Michael Shannon
2: yeah
0: he Richard Strickland I have to say was like one of the best villains in this movie <laughs> You, like he was
1: the only villain in this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could say, like, the whole government was, like, a, a villain, yeah. the the general and stuff. I mean,
1: he was one of the best characters in the movie, for sure.
0: Yeah, you just, you, you love to hate him. like
1: Yeah, he's the worst, but it's like, like, they don't just make him evil, like, he's got a story, he's got a hook, but it, it all feeds back into, man, this guy's just a piece of shit.
0: Mm-hmm especially like when he's like fucking his wife and stuff <laughs> like he had like some type of fantasy of fucking Eliza because she's mute and he puts his hand over his wife's mouth and is like shut up this stuff and i was like this is this guy is fucking weird <laughs> like that, i was like he has a control issue like he needs everything in his power to go right that's why he was reading the book of like power of positivity and all that shit yeah, because uh he doesn't like to fail, like what he says at the end of the movie. Because did you have like an O moment when that happened at the end, where he shot the creature and then shot fucking Eliza? Were you like, is this how it's gonna fucking end, where they both die? Mm.
1: Um, not really. I uh I, I assume they. Sorry, I have ice in my mouth. <laughs> I assumed they wouldn't
0: leave it like that. Yeah, and I really like how Del Toro ended the film because the uh, Giles, who I'm guessing is talking to the government, like he's getting debriefed. Uh, He's like, I like to think that they swam away and she is alive, happy with the creature. So you're kind of opened... Even though you see it on the screen of her uh, having these gills, because you find out that he has powers and stuff too. Yeah, that's he- the
1: part that I was surprised by. Like I thought, like halfway through the movie, I, like basically as soon as it's revealed that his touch can like heal, I was like, oh, he's gonna heal her vocal cords and she's gonna be able to talk. Like I really thought the tell this movie was gonna. be.
0: Mm-hmm. Like. I but, but again I do like how del Toro is like maybe she's alive maybe she's not and I just liked how you know it ended there and it makes you think a lot of people might get mad at it that it ended like that well if, if they would have ended it with just them going in the water and not showing it I think that would piss off majority of the people yeah but showing that she was alive and had these gills from her scars. Where did she get those scars by the way?
1: They don't say, they just wrote uh she was found as a child and taken to an orphanage, but she already had the scars.
0: Yeah. And when the creature puts his hands over it, it turns those scars into gills. And I thought that was pretty cool. I mean uh, they were in love. And <laughs> I I laughed when Zelda and eliza like she's like what are you smiling about and she finds like she puts two and two together like you guys did it how he doesn't even have like a a penis and she like did this hand movement of like a door opening and then a penis coming out and i was like (laughs) i was like that's weird (laughs) but funny at the same time i'm like how this dialogue was being said right there I in the back of my mind i was like it's weird that she's having sex with this creature did you have the same feeling
1: oh it's really weird
0: yeah like the movie's weird movie's got weirdness but that's del toro though and i was like really surprised that del toro actually put that in there twice he's a weird guy where he where he twice where he she got naked the first time and then naked the second she was naked like three times in the beginning and then when she had sex with the creature and then when she filled up her bathroom like it was a fucking aquarium
1: <laughs> yeah that should not have worked like i was like what what is happening is this a dream sequence yeah but it was it was a really cool scene and you know it's kind of like oh it's a fairy tale you're supposed to suspend your discord.
0: i really like the apartment like my dream place to live is a some is like an apartment like that in the city. It'd be cool
1: to live over a movie theater. I'm sure it would get old fast, but it seemed really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm guessing that movie theater doesn't get a lot of customers.
1: No, I mean, he talks about that. He says, oh, no one's coming to see these
0: movies. <laughs> and then all the fucking water gets leaked. Now nobody wants to go to that movie theater. Uh, and by seeing Eliza go on that bus ride, by the way, when she puts her hat on the glass and then falls asleep, I'm guessing the bus ride is really long. Maybe I guess because yeah. they show it like four times of her doing that. And I'm like, man, it must be really far from her apartment. And again, the shots are just beautiful in this movie. Oh, yeah. I I love uh, Del Toro's colors. I mean, it's dark, but like certain things are vibrant. Like the, the the signs, the the creature when it has that glowing stuff on his body. It, certain, obvious things stick out for a reason in this movie. So that you could have focus. Uh what my other favorite scene is when she is in her head singing that song and she has a voice. <laughs> yeah. I think that
1: part's weird too.
0: Yeah. And then she's out of nowhere she's dancing with the creature kind of like had like a uh david lynch kind of like dreamland in a way where just it's out of the blue kind of thing but where were your favorite scenes andy um sheesh
1: i like the whole part where they're breaking him out a whole lot uh i like I i like the scene where um the scientist goes and meets his Russian like liaison and they're, they're talking about what they have to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just, he's pissed off both of them and the Americans. He just can't get what he wants.
0: <laughs> and what about the scene where they go to his apartment and he's like, you want, you want a cake? <laughs> and he sees like, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, that, that that's, that's it pretty much. They're they're talking about getting him out because he's, he, they, he can't do anything else.
0: And he kind of, not in a way, like, not in the same love as Eliza, but he, like, has feelings for this creature, too. To the point of, like, I don't want any government to have him because all they want to do is use him as a guinea pig and send him into he space. Wanted, he
1: wanted to study him, but he didn't want to have to, like, cut him anything or...
0: Yeah. Because you never you never know what this creature is about. Uh, there, is, there are points where they say that he's a god because he could heal things, and he could uh, when he got shot, he pretty much waved his hand over the wounds and they were gone. And then that's when uh Strickland was like, You are a god, and then his fucking throat gets slit. That like tool. Yep. Like at, at that point I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> he, he's finally down. Uh there was a lot of humor in this movie too, especially with the the other security clearance guy. In the facility, which is played by David Hew- Hewitt, he was in Stargate Atlantis. He was a Canadian scientist. He was, was also that the guy that
1: was like nervous all the time.
0: Yeah. Oh, Okay. He was also in the movie Cube. He was mm-hmm. one of the guys. I I just know him from a lot of sci-fi, like S Y F Y stuff. Um, I thought it was funny finding his fucking uh strickland's fingers and he put and he gives it back to him and i'm guessing his hand got infected that's why he was getting sick all the time
1: and yeah i mean his fingers seemed to die like it wasn't it wasn't taking
0: yeah. they rejected his fingers like pus was coming out i thought that was fucking nasty like i was yeah. i was eating something and i'm like i guess i'm not eating right now <laughs> I I just love this movie, like, and the thing is, it was completely romance. It was like it has its little sci-fi stuff, but it's being overshadowed by this love story between Eliza and the creature.
1: Yeah, it's hard to say too much about it because I really do just kind of want, you know, everyone should see it. It's a great movie. It's got everything. It's got it's got espionage and romance and a musical and. The creature from the black lagoon everything
0: mm-hmm. and i i just want to say my favorite actor in this movie besides M- michael shannon is richard jenkins playing Giles, the gay guy i thought he was hilarious uh, uh what was his side story with his old job i'm guessing they found out he was gay and they just
1: I don't know. I just I know that the, he got fired, and it was kind of loosely implied that it was because they knew he was gay. I guess I don't yeah. know. All I can tell is he got fired, and he was doing like freelance work, and he was trying to get his job back, and the guy wasn't really helping
0: much. Yeah, it, like I don't know how to like take those scenes. Like, could we have done without it? do You think?
1: No, I I, I mean. I liked him. That's part of what I liked about it is, it didn't just follow Liza. It followed him for a while, and it even followed uh, uh, the the bad guy some. And, you know, it showed what everyone's doing.
0: Yeah, he, he followed he, the
1: scientist when he meets the Russians. And...
0: I didn't get the whole because he didn't seem like he fucking liked his own children, <laughs> uh, Strickland. Like when he was yeah. home.
1: He he just seems distant. He seems like that cliche kind of father where he's he's uninterested.
0: Yeah, I gotta get back to work. I gotta do the, 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 the I gotta I gotta bring the dough and all that stuff. But yeah, I I totally recommend this film. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. If you don't want to own it, which is, I think is like fifteen to twenty bucks digitally or Blu-ray, you can rent it on Amazon Prime for five dollars. That's you- what I did. Yeah, and I think you either get it for a day or two days. I'm not too sure about that.
1: Well, when you rent something on Amazon Prime, you have a month to watch it, but from when you first hit play on it, you have 48 hours to finish it. Luca, hey, come here. Bring that pig here.
0: <laughs> What's great about yeah. our podcast is we have dogs.
1: Yeah, we both have dogs. But uh, <laughs> I had some credit from where I chose no rush shipping, so I, just, I rented it on it i i was gonna buy it i really should have just bought it because i would be happy
0: i kind of want to have the behind the scenes like i want to hear del toro commentary if there is any because they were they were just shots where i'm just like i fell in love with it like no. i could ha- i could have no dialogue and just look at the pretty sight that he was showing in this movie and like i said that to you on uh dm on facebook i was like i fell in love with this movie in 20 minutes yep and there was two hours of this movie <laughs> but uh i i also wrote on facebook that this is a 10 out of 10 movie and uh-huh. it, and it's both it, it boosted its way all the way up to my top five uh movies so it's wow yeah have
1: you seen del toro's other movies have you seen pants Labyrinth?
0: no should i
1: oh my god
0: you must yeah i i probably watch that this week and I'll. Maybe my top five will change again. <laughs> uh, Honestly, I
1: love this movie, but I think I still like Pan's Labyrinth a tiny bit more.
0: Yeah. I gotta see if that's... I'll just rent it. Renting yeah. on Amazon Prime is awesome, everybody. You should do it.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice and quick. You just hit go and it charges your card.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, next week, we have a an exciting movie. Andy, do you want to say what movie we're going to be watching next week? Oh, I already
1: forgot what it's called. What's this piece of shit called?
0: Uh, the Week
1: of. It is a direct-to-Netflix original from the brilliant mind of Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, a few years ago, signed a deal with Netflix to deliver, I think it was a full seven movies? I don't know. It's oh seven God. movies. that he said, I will make these movies just for Netflix. And then he made um, Ridiculous 6, and I don't know, I think some other piece of shit no one noticed. And now he made this movie with Chris Rock, where their, their children are getting married. And that's pretty much literally all I know. Like, I saw a commercial for it before something I was watching on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, it'd be funny if we watched that for the show. So then I decided, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it won't be that bad. Maybe it'll be funny. Maybe we'll both like it.
0: I mean... I mean Chris Rock.
1: Both of, both of those guys were funny at some point. They might still be funny. I haven't seen an Adam Sandler movie in like ten years.
0: I mean, the last Chris Rock thing we saw uh, in our podcast was a very Merry Christmas when he was. Oh hot... yeah, he
1: was in that. You're right.
0: But he was hostage in that uh that that place. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I'm interested. I'm not saying I'm excited yet because adam sandler i haven't watched a movie since click yeah click is the last adam sandler movie that i saw and the only reason why i watch it is because christopher walken was in that movie
1: i can't remember the last adam sandler movie i saw
0: yeah because he's so irrelevant (laughs) now it's it's sad to say but he's just not funny anymore like how many like whoopity-doo kind of shit you could do.
1: There's a lot of real funny... Uh, every time there's a new Adam Sandler movie, I do watch the Red Letter Media half in the bag about it. Because mm-hmm. in, in one episode, I think it's the... Uh, um, the one where he plays his twin sister as well. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. But They basically imply that he's just making the movies terrible because he doesn't care and embezzling all the money that he's getting for the budget for these movies. <laughs> I mean, how else do you explain having that kind of budget and it still being like a turn? It's it's, it's funny.
0: Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, yeah, so next week, remember to go on, uh, well, during this week uh, until the next time we record, uh, make sure to watch the week of, and then when you see our episode come up, see what we thought about it. Maybe we'll trash it. Maybe we'll like it. Who knows?
1: I know what I'd put my money on.
0: (laughs) Same here. Um, Let's go into some news that matter to us. Uh, Some big, not big, but something satisfying to which everybody knew Billy Mitchell was a bitch. And Andy, take it away. What happened to him?
1: Oh, uh, Billy Mitchell, um, man, you got to go way back. I got to tell you this story to tell you this other story. but. Basically, he, he was the reigning champ for the, the high score and the arcade version of Donkey Kong, and there was a documentary called King of Kong, Fistful of Quarters, which is very good, and I do recommend, even after all this whole movie, it's still a very good documentary, but uh, where a guy tries to beat him and does, but then Billy Mitchell beats him back, and just Billy Mitchell comes off as like, and, and I've seen all this stuff where people are saying, oh, Billy Mitchell's not actually that much of an asshole. They were really unfair to him in that documentary. Blah, 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 blah. But he comes off as a huge prick, and the way that he's submitting scores and proving his scores is, like, super shady. Well, like, the, the score changed a few other times in the years since that. Like, there was another guy involved. I don't know any of their names except Billy Mitchell now, but and then uh, Weeby, Steve Weeby and Billy Mitchell and, and some other guy that wasn't in the documentary, like, entered the picture later and, like, beat a score at least once.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, it's it was revealed that Billy Mitchell was not playing on the original arcade hardware, which is illegal by Twin Galaxy standards. So they got rid of his score, got rid of his scores on everything, because he had high scores on other games, too and then contacted the Guinness Book of World Records which also acknowledged him and they got rid of him based on everything. He was using like an emulator like mame M A M E to play the game instead which you aren't technically allowed to do to submit their scores and at first at, at you know at first glance at first shine it seems like oh why not. It gets real technical as to why but basically arcade hardware has a bunch of um like there's a kill screen on a lot of arcade games, and there's there's weird things about the hardware and the software that you have to understand in order to play the game really super good. But in an emulator, it'll like fix that kind of stuff, and also you know an emulator, a software on a computer, it can just plain be manipulated, which is the main reason I think they don't acknowledge it,
0: yeah, I mean that's what I was saying when when I heard that he emulated shit, I'm like one you could have it coded to a point where you could pretty much cheat and two uh things that happen on the arcade cabinet like let's say glitches that can't be fixed or was never fixed at all and you just had to dodge it in some way yeah that's uh, part of the game yeah could could be fixed in the emulator again you're cheating because it's not from the original source
1: yeah and plus he lied about it like he fraudulently put in these scores saying they were from his arcade cabinet and they were not. And someone caught on like one of their forums, caught something, had proof. they investigated it very thoroughly over the course of like months from what I understand Mm -hmm. and determined, yeah, he's a liar, kick him out. Uh, Recently he was at some big event and he gave a retort about um, not wanting to say too much. And he was working on a, he was working on like, His own retort about it, and he was going to have something else to say about it. But I think the internet collectively rolled its eyes and told him to fuck off and die or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be bad on the internet because you're pretty much going to get crucified badly on the internet. But I mean,
1: if the guy wasn't so smug all the time, I think. And again, it's a little unfair. I understand that the documentary portrayed him a little harsher than he actually is. Apparently, he's sometimes a nice guy. He's a line of hot sauce, and mm-hmm. boy. But still, I mean, he cheated and lied. So fucking.
2: In yeah. a nutshell.
0: That's what I say too. I mean, just based off his appearance and how he talked to people. When I listened to some of the interviews, like he's the bees to knees to fucking humankind, and I was like, bro, you just fucking. You broke a record on a fucking old-ass game. Like, good for you that you do it, because some of those games, and which, by the way, I'm making a video in the future of how I suck at retro games now, because of games, uh, you know, now. um, But, again, you know, him wearing a, a suit all the fucking time, and him being fucking snobby, and now him lying and fucking cheating is just good for him. He's fucking the way you you come back from this is you go to an event where it's closely uh observed by officials and you fucking break the record
1: which is i think what we did at some point
0: yeah so like put your money where your mouth is and fucking break the record and then i'll respect you then which
1: I'll... i suspect is what he's going to try to do as his retort but From what I understand, and again, this is real technical, and I kind of glossed over it, so I probably missed the actual, like, letter of what's going on, but I I think the top possible score for Donkey Kong is just about in existence due to some weird, like, there's a glitch or something where it's impossible to, to get any higher of a score, and part of this investigation proved that, I don't know, I might be pulling that out of my head, but regardless it's still an interesting kind of semi-developing story and i've been following it just because i saw that documentary like everyone else back in 2007 i was like oh this is this is really interesting
0: mm-hmm. and i'm sure we'll uh we'll talk about what happens and how he either comes back from this or he just keeps on digging the hole deeper
1: yeah yeah he's he's a savvy businessman and image maker and i know that he's just not gonna crawl into a hole and get out of the public spotlight he's He's gotta be doing something. Like, you know, he he, he may be smug, but he's not done.
0: Yep. Um quickly, uh before we end the show, I wanna do some coming attractions since uh a few things that are coming out this week. Uh God of War, which I am downloading right now on my PS4. Um uh, it's coming mm-hmm. out tonight, four twenty. And then ten Nintendo Labo is coming out tomorrow. That's the cardboard yep
1: uh oh, also uh super troopers 2 comes out tomorrow because again 420
0: oh my god so much shit um and i will also say i did buy my tickets for infinity war for april 27th saying it at twelve twenty. i am fucking pumped and i know i throughout the fucking episodes i'm like i'm tired of these superhero movies i just the avengers when big events are happening those movies matter to me rather than seeing everybody's fucking origin story. Yeah. But,
1: yeah, I'm excited about that movie, too. Yep. I don't think I'm as excited as maybe everyone else, but this movie is like a historic landmark thing.
0: Yep. I think this is the first time we see Thanos in, like, a big screen, so...
1: Well, he was in
0: scenes. I mean, he was in scenes, but he wasn't, like, featured is what I'm trying to say.
1: No. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. On that note, everybody.
1: Oh shit! I forgot. I saw Isle of Dogs. It was great. Okay, good.
0: Oh yeah, I heard good things about that. By the way, yeah, uh, you were talking about streams. Is there anything else that you're going to be working on?
1: Yes, but I, 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 I want to roll it out as it as it happens naturally.
0: Okay, we're going to do it organically. Yeah, uh,
1: but th- this this weekend I have a schedule planned, so hopefully. Uh, the next time you hear our sweet, sexy voices, I'll be talking about what else I've released.
0: Alrighty. On that note, everybody, thanks for listening to episode 36 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. Remember to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. We are also on iTunes and Podbean. B T I L P dot Podbean dot com. Uh, you know what? I'm actually going to take that Twitter shit out because I don't tweet shit. <laughs> so <laughs> that icon is coming out. Uh, we also stream on uh, my account, which is New Dubs Order, and soon we will have our own website there, and I'll give the link. But uh, I, I I post some stuff on New Dubs I, mean, I
1: stream too. Look for me, at Cliche Mustache Gaming.
0: Twitch. Yes. I'm gonna have that probably as a new logo thing on the side. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, obviously it's Cliche Mustache both on YouTube. And Twitch, if I remember
1: well, on YouTube it's cliche mustache. On Twitch, it's cliche cliche mustache gaming. That someone already had and is not using cliche mustache. Don't you name them. <laughs>
0: All right. And then, everybody, have a good night, and we'll see you next week on Big Trouble Little Podcast. Later.